hold on to your butt. I'm quite surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Oh, welcome to the last show of 2018. Man, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does. It sounds nuts. The fact that it is even 2018 sounds weird to me. And time plays tricks on you. It really does. And I'm trying to think of, like, the influences this year on my life. I mean, one person that does tickle my fancy, so to speak is this weird Canadian psychologist professor, psychology professor, Jordan Peterson. You seen much of his stuff? Some of it. I heard you talk about him a good bit. He's he's very interesting. But I don't know, he's from afar. I would say the people that influenced me are, you know, newfound friends like Seth Spotlow and Brandon, Eric and Emily, yourself and Sort of been a year of, of growth and improvement. Already talked about the one year anniversary of the Joey Clark Radio Hour, but it, it, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like this year I've tried to come down to earth a little bit, not be so up in my own ivory tower. Focus on you know what actually makes me enjoy the day to day as much as possible instead of being burnt out and always pissed off and mm-hmm. full of angst and anger and. I think I've found some of those things. I mean, I really worry about, and I held this idea for the longest time, about never really caring about my body. You know, you'll always be young. Why do I need to go to the doctor? Why do I need to work out? Why do I need to watch what I eat? And then it starts to catch up with you. And I now just turned 30 less than a month ago, and I'm so happy I found the workout program I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason people can't shut up about their workout program when it works because it is life-changing. This idea that you only need to care about the life of the mind and not uh, the body is, I think, a mistaken one. Yeah. Like, why do we idolize these folks that kind of look like crap? But, you know, they're brilliant, but they don't look good. And there are weird double standards, too. Like, say we're watching Fox News right now. All the men up there are on the screen right now are, I mean, fairly well... Sh- put together. Some are clean-shaven, some has a tasteful goatee, but they're not exactly uh, leading men. None of, right. None, none of them look like models. Right. But then the women on Fox News, most of, of them, them look like models. Most of them, if not all of them, look like models. So there are weird standards in that regard, but I don't know. I'm not trying to look like a male model. I just... And I'm not complaining about good-looking, intelligent women being on television. Yeah, and it's, I wouldn't even go as far as to say they're weird. It's just there's there is just a different set of standards. Yeah, that, and, there and, is. And I do. I, I will grant this uh, to women: is you've got you can't just be smart if you want to be on TV. 
Now, there's some ugly dudes on TV. Oh, yeah. There's some ugly dudes on TV. There are no ugly women. Now, some are more attractive than others. Sure. And occasionally you might have a, you know, a, a quote-unquote expert on a certain field or something that's a very, you know, Janet Reno-looking woman, you know, just or Hillary Clinton-looking sure. woman. But for the most part, if you're going to talk in front of a camera and you're a woman, you've got to be above you can't be a six right you know you've got to be an eight or higher but this is just Dude, not, this is not fair southern wood it's, no it's not fair did your mother and never tell you that life's not fair <laughs> how many times exactly. young joey did you hear that in your life exactly and it's not i couldn't be on tv now you probably could you could pull it off maybe you're good looking enough i'm there ain't enough Botox in the world to get rid of these wrinkles. I don't wrinkles. think Botox is going to solve it. And, it mean, ain't the wrinkles. Well, I mean, I could dye the gray out of my beard or shave my beard. You could I, be on television. I'd say, no, I could not. Not unless I was a comedian, because you don't have to be attracted to be exactly. a comedian. Exactly. Exactly. No, comedy, if you bring it up, has been a sort of uh, refuge for me. Last refuge for this fool. That comedy, especially when the politics right after Trump got elected, and it only heated up at the end of 17 into 2018. It's amazing how we are continuing to repeat ourselves into 2018. The Russia investigation in particular is the one theme that just won't go away in the news. And it drives me nuts because it Americans in general and Alabama does this too in particular. We seem to get distracted by the shiny object of corruption instead of going okay everybody's a little bit corrupt some more than others let's get things done but then it's about oh i gotta win the political contest so let me figure out who's corrupt and again show that my opposition is more of a sinner than i am I'm not a saint. I'm not saying I'm a saint. But look at how much they how sin. How bad that dude is. Right. And it's You're just right. a race to the bottom. Yeah. And, and instead of, again, getting things done, we argue over stupid symbols and we argue over who's more corrupt. And I don't think it serves as well. So, again, that's why I run away from it and go to a place like comedy, where it seems like in stand-up comedy in particular, but also in the world of comedy podcast. Open conversations are alive and well. It's why I like Jordan Peterson and the so-called intellectual dark web, though I think that's a stupid name, is people, even if they disagree, are having these open, long-form conversations. And what's happening is everybody's sort of catching this wave of technology that allows them to reach a massive audience that was never before possible. Think about it in the sense of the printing press or being able to publish without sort of gatekeepers. That was just the written word. Now, most people don't read. Shocking, I know. No. And as we get more luxuries in life and the economy and living standards improve, there's really a plenty of distractions that keep us from reading. I don't read enough. We all probably don't read enough. But what the printing press and what the Internet has done for the written word for the longest time, now it is cheaper to put up video. Or audio, the spoken word. And when you, I don't like the word democratize, but when you level out the playing field in the sense that almost anybody with an internet connection and a somewhat suitable microphone or camera can now talk to millions of people potentially, that is a technological revolution that we're 
probably not even close to understanding. Yeah. And and also to go along with that, when you're when you're going on a visual platform like that, then it goes back to what we opened the show with. The more attractive the person is, be they male or female, the the more lovely their voice is as you're hearing it, mm-hmm. you're gonna pay more attention to it. And and it also makes it so much easier. You know, you have to make an effort to read something. It takes your one hundred percent attention yes. to read something. You know, even with talk radio, you can have it on in the background, exactly. and you can be doing something else, concentrating, and you're catching bits and pieces. And that's where, and you know that you've encountered this with people that call in and say, "Well, I heard y'all say so and so yesterday," and you're like, no, "No, you didn't. No, we didn't. Yes, you most certainly did." Well, and you heard what you wanted to. You hear. can catch about five words in a sentence that, yeah, I said those words, but you missed the part that uh, you know before and after, and the words in between. Right. And you're just halfway paying attention, but you still consider yourself consuming something rather than sitting down with a book. And and I think even a a paper book is different than something digital that you're scanning through. You right. know, you're flipping through on your phone or something with the the, the light and all. It, that it may, it may just be me personally. Well, and I think that I'm addicted to this technology in a way, in, in a way that I know I'm addicted. Like, I know I'm mindlessly scrolling. I know I'm not enjoying flipping through a lot of the news that's curated for me, whether by Google News or Drudge or whatever the hell it is. I, sure. I don't enjoy most of it. It's kind of garbage in, garbage out. And so it's a matter of taking that time. And that's why I love other radio shows. I love podcasts because you can put in those earbuds and you can go do a workout or you can go run errands and you can listen to some fascinating story or idea. I mean, it it might sound nerdy, but it's interesting to listen to Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris talk about the nature of truth. It can also be frustrating in a different way that people are talking past each other, but it's hardly ever before it's what's happening is people will create a following online and though they have their own lane, but I love it when people jump out of their own lane and these different minds meet. And you can see it happening in real time. So somebody will hop on somebody else's show, somebody else's podcast, and they can really have it back and forth. And they go back to their own lane. But the fact that people are so in touch, it fascinates me. It's like looking at great intellectuals past years. What would it have been like for them to have met and for all of us to be able to watch it at the same time? We might not even understand it. It's something I really appreciate. Because I don't like dumbing things down. If it's necessary to give baby steps, fine. Number one, if you think that way, you're probably going to condescend to people. But number two, I love listening to people that are a little bit smarter than I am, if not a lot smarter than I am. Sure. That's how you learn. Yeah. I like being challenged in that way. And sometimes it might come back to the old bits of wisdom your mom or dad would give you, like clean your room, make your bed. But when somebody, say like a Jordan Peterson, twists those old kind of cliche basic bits of knowledge into, well, here's why it's important to make your bed. Here's why it's important to maybe fix your own home up before you criticize the world. And you go, oh, okay, this is actually beyond just a command from an authority figure whether it's a government or a parent or your boss or whatever. No, there might be some wisdom to these old cliches that we throw out there. That's, again, what I've been trying to do over the last year, is come down from the heights in my so-called ivory tower, stop being so pretentious and condescending, and get down into taking care of my body and 
really revisit, not just out of pleasure, but revisit the things that I loved in childhood. And I don't know if this is a good or bad thing for me, but it's been a lot of fun, say, with wrestling to go into, hmm, these characters that I watched as a kid are now still alive and kicking, and they're telling the old war stories from behind the scenes. It's a lot of fun. But to see how their lives have progressed, how a guy who was my favorite wrestler, Diamond Dallas Page, is now, I guess, a yoga instructor? Who would have seen that coming? Mm-hmm. Who would have seen like the guy who's now in the WWE Hall of Fame and used to be like one of the top-rated television shows in the nation and is now president of the United States? Who would have seen that coming? So anything is possible. And it's, uh, it's humbling to go back and look at how my childhood's being recreated. It, and that's the most surreal part of like The Lion King is being redone. The Jungle Book was redone. The old video games I used to play, like Pokemon, are now being redone. Everything's being rehashed, and I enjoy it, but part of me wonders, can you stay? How long can you go back to that well? How long can you keep going back to childhood and to the past before you become, number one, intellectually lazy and too caught up in your own groove? And I worry about that sometimes. Sometimes experience is the enemy of innovation because a certain way of doing things has always seemed that's to work the way to we've a certain. Always done it. Yeah, that's why we do it that way. And it might work to a certain extent. It's not that what somebody's always done is wrong. It just might not be the best way to do it yeah. if somebody shows a new way. And sometimes I worry. I get I'm getting a little too caught up in the past in my childhood and trying to recreate that rather than. Taking a chance, taking a risk, hey, and doing something new. Horse and buggy was a great form of transportation. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with it. It will still get you from here to there. It's a lot nicer getting into a vehicle and just turning the switch and pressing the gas pedal. And it's very much nicer once they put air conditioning in it and you're not burning up when you're driving down the road. And then they put cruise control on it where you could just sit back and maintain speed. Then they made the engines bigger where you could go faster. So innovation is great. And I think you I think you can go back to the well too many times and you can stay stuck in a rut. If, you go, if you're going back and you're looking at those things, though, and you're questioning them, to a degree, hmm. not with the intent on proving them wrong or proving them right, but just question. It's like the old, uh, what's his name say, you know, be willing to question the very existence of God himself. Because if you can't answer that question, you don't really believe in God. Well, it's Thomas Jefferson said that. It, you know, if, if you're going to take the stance of how dare you question mm-hmm. the existence of God, I can see how you could look at it and say, well, that's, that's heresy to do that. Oh, sure. Okay, but okay, why is it heresy? Well, it has to be honest question. And if you don't question yourself, right. you're never going to come up with, and once you get that real, you know, foundation to anything that you believe in, then you're like, yeah, that will I questioned it, and I feel comfortable with my answer to it. And that's my philosophy on this. You know, that's why I'm a conservative. That's why I'm a liberal. Right. You know, that's why, uh, you know, I believe in God, or that's why I I don't believe in God. Because, you know, I can back it up with the facts that I feel comfortable with, and I believe them. And so I think you can get stuck in that rut, but I don't think it hurts to go back and revisit it and, and, you know, relive it. And well, sometimes it just feels with, like um, with a different perspective. Than, sometimes I worry that it's becoming all this nostalgia, all this rehashing. Some of it's people want to recreate things and share it with the new generation. I think that's fine. 
But some of the nostalgia feels almost like a, a safety blanket. It is, and it's hurt the creativity. We were talking about movies at the end of Greg's show, and uh, it is, you know, it has hurt movies to an extent because all the remakes that they're doing where they're right. just, I mean. Perfect. Some of them hit big, some of them are bombed. And but. and in music, the, uh, who, uh, who was it, Weezer, when they did the, the remake of Africa, you know, yeah. it's, it's what's, what's the purpose of that? You didn't take a song and reinvent it. You took a song and you just sang it exactly like the group did that sang it the first time and just maybe used a little bit different instrumentation. Yeah, I wasn't that bit. impressed that's, with that particular That's cover. stupid. There's no advantage to that. But it's still played on radio because people love that song. But then you have other There's songs. There's a method to that madness. You have other songs that were they were covered, they sound nothing like the originals and are actually better, some of them. Now, I want to discuss... It got me thinking about it when you talked about questioning yourself and the nature of one's beliefs. I feel like I still have, and it's a feeling, and I'll stick by them, but I still hold to the ideals I've held for the last several years. But as I get older, and I wonder if... You feel this as you've gotten older, maybe, maybe not. Uh, especially with politics, I'm becoming less ideological. Like I, I find that I could like spout the plumb line libertarian stuff, like the non-aggression principle, and have you read this book and that book, and here's this cause and that cause. But at a certain point, I guess it's some of it's boredom, and but some of it's also. Is that actually the correct way? That's what I get frustrated with, especially with folks who don't know me very well. When they like, especially on social media, where they attack me because I make some statement. And there's a lot of nuance, I think, now, more, the older I get to my positions, is that, yeah, I'll argue that some days I'm in a mood. That's really what it is. My mood, am I full-blown crazy, we don't need government at all to limited government, the night watchman states, and maybe a classical liberal government with some democratic representation. I'll get, it depends on my mood and what seems to be practical in the moment, but I kind of like the fight. I like the discussion. I like the the back and forth to where I, I, I question even like these things I've been holding for a while. I don't know. I, I don't feel like I have to go back to the, this is the rule. Damn it, this is the rule, and it'll always be the rule. It's yeah. like, well, Joey, you could be wrong on a few issues. Yeah. That's a, especially in things like foreign policy. I'm like, ah, I know what my heart's telling me, and my gut's telling me, and even what my head's telling me, and all the stuff I've read, but I could be wrong. Yeah. And I sometimes worry the, the fight, people are fighting over not even what they actually think. They're fighting over principles. Generally, they're not fighting over what they think. Right. It's, it's somebody else's idea. And, that, and that's what they've heard, and that's what I'm supposed to be, and that's that's I like most of what this person says, so I'm going to just parrot exactly everything they say. It's like the old thing you said. You, you were talking about young, and and maybe you're getting older. It's not a it's not a matter of getting older. I know some dumbass old people. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I'm t- age has nothing to do with it. But but what you and I know what you were meaning by that as you mature. Yeah. As you mature, you 
better be changing the way you think because none of us are is uh what's the old saying if you're not a liberal as a child you have no, no heart, heart. Yeah. and if you're not a conservative as an adult you have no brain mm-hmm. and i would add in if you are either one of those when you're grown up you're not grown because it's got to be a mixture of the two well right you can't be straight conservative and toe that line because the line gets retarded too hmm. because the people in control of the talking points of the conservative side right and maybe if there was a pure conservative then yeah i could say i'm a pure conservative but a conservative would say oh what are they saying? Well, and this, we can't pull out of Syria. This we makes, cannot pull out of Syria, Joey. Right. That's yeah. what the true conservatives say. But that's and that's another. That's essentially what I'm saying. I'm annoyed with. I'm done with. Are you? I saw a post today. Some guy I've been following for years. I even used to write for him. And another guy who I've known through social media is like, "You're you've never been a true libertarian." And it's that sort of thing, like, you're not a true Republican. Uh, you're a rhino, a Republican in name. Of, well, I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. That's a distinction. You're not a true conservative. You're not a true progressive. Yeah. In that Eddie True Scotsman sort of thing, that this is what actual pure people of any extent are. It, it's just an annoying game to be at this point. Yeah. Who is actually that consistent? Because we're not automatons. We're not that daft. Like, come on. We have to have some wiggle room for, especially when it's like cultural matters and matters of personal taste. What what was it that Reagan said? Didn't he say seven out of ten? If I can agree with you on seven out of ten things, then, you know, we're on the same side. Well, and and I've also gotten to the point that because it's not about being pure to a certain set of principles, there are certain principles that I will argue are fairly eternal. There are certain things that are true in most cultures all the time, all cultures all the time. Just, I mean, like 2 plus 2 equals 4. There's going to be certain universals given the world we exist in. But there's another part of me that I've really learned from, again, I'll bring him up, his name, Jordan Peterson. It's fascinating to me that this guy has been branded alt-right conservative. Because what I often hear him talking about is the need for balance. It's that the opposition that we have in this country and in the West in general, because he is Canadian, eh? It's good that we have this fight. And I'll give a, a concrete example. The border. Immigration. Peterson's point is a lot of this comes down to temperament. And you can study folks of the work of Jonathan Haidt, uh, who has also written about the different types of temperaments and personality types that tend to lead to people's politics. So people on the left tend to be more higher in openness. Like they like that the world be open and free to a large extent because that allows people to mix and new ideas to come up. Where conservatives tend to have a higher degree of a sense of orderliness. Like, no, things have been done this way. They work this way. If you let the world be too open and crazy, things will go to hell. It'll go into chaos. Order is very sensitive and fragile. That's the classic conservative argument. And his point is, those two only work really well when they're butting heads with each other and balancing each other out. You go too far into openness and no rules at all and no real standards and yeah, things are chaotic. You go too far into orderliness and we must order everything, you start getting a little authoritarian and crazy. So the two should be in opposition but they should be balanced and sort of see that reflection. And that's one thing he keeps coming back to is that political ideologies are, they're almost like partial stories of a larger 
narrative. And it's like you need both the left and the right to actually get to what... Well, I'll put it this way. Religion actually gives you the whole story. You get God Almighty in heaven, but you also get the fallen angel, uh, Satan. I mean, you get this balance, and Satan isn't just a bad guy. Oh, watch out, or the devil will get you. It's not something like He's that. the complete opposite of God. Right. It, it is a, a counterbalance. There's a, re, there's a rhyme and reason to what and who Satan is that reflects the good and the bad. And, and it goes, it, that's more of a, a full, complete story. And sometimes I worry that I, myself, have gotten into this idea of being a partisan for, you know, liberty or whatever. And when I watch partisans fight, I've started to learn to relish the fight, enjoy the freak show. But folks, 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 wake up. You need each other at the end of the day in order to bring balance to what you're doing. What is it? The yin and the yang? Yeah. Is that right? I mean, yeah, it is. And, and, that's, and we would not know pleasure if they weren't for pain. And I mean, that's... It, it, it's, it, it does go to everything. There's got to be two opposite ends. Got to be a balance. But we don't have to be on the far dead end of either side. You can land somewhere in the middle. Well, and think about it. some of the most of the worst tyrants in history thought they were gods, like ancient emperors, like Genghis Khan. Like think you think Hitler thought he was a bad guy? No. No, he thought he was a great guy fighting for whatever stupid cause, a master race. He thought the other ones were bad guys. Right. And he was just getting rid of them. So, yeah, evil people think really highly of themselves most of the time. Or else they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. So it's a matter of don't always think you're on the side of the angels. Everybody's got some devil in them. Uh, It's something I kind of came to. The tyrant in you is the tyrant in me. And we have to watch that, but also... There are redeeming qualities from people we usually consider our opposition. And that's the struggle I've been going through over the last year. I've been trying to shed the ideological, radical pose of damn the government and all you boobs that believe that you're actually going to be represented. Part of me still thinks that to a certain extent, but I'm also trying to see, like I was saying last night, the people behind the political labels. I mean, I think it'll just be healthier, not only for me personally, so I'll actually make friends, but it. I think it's a better message to carry. That if you're listening to all different sides, that, okay, we can find... Middle ground isn't the right word. We'll, we'll balance each other out in the end. It's not a clear goal. It's just one of wanting to constantly be in tension. And that's what keeps you together. It's like a good marriage. It's like any good relationship. There has yeah. to be a good give and take to it uh, that'll balance things out. Well, and and I can. There's a great big word out there that people throw around about acceptance. Accept me the way I am. I can accept anybody the way they are. I, I really can. Yeah. But you have to grant me the ability to disagree with what you're doing or what your belief is or how you're living your life. I can I can disagree with you and still accept you. Yeah, I mean there are things that I disagree with you about. Oh yeah, but I still accept you as a friend of mine. And I accept you, and even though you, I think you're wrong. Exactly. And it's is if you can keep it civil and not make it personal. Well, I'm I'm forced to hate Joey because right. we agree on all these nine things, but number 10, he doesn't agree with me, which means he's wrong, and it means he's an evil, terrible human being. 
The problem I have, you're talking about the person behind uh, the political side, is does that person truly believe what they're preaching? Mm-hmm. Do they, If they truly believe, like I think Bernie Sanders, yeah. I admire him and I like him because I think that he truly 100% believes that the government should pay for everybody's health care, everybody's house, Every, I mean, he is a straight out and out socialist, but he honestly believes that. I can accept him much more than I can uh, these other people, like a Chuck Schumer, right. that three years ago was screaming, We've got to build a wall, and now is saying, President Trump, you're not getting a penny for your wall. Right. You know, I get that is the, the thing because the person behind it is either a liar. Or an opportunist, is maybe oper- an opportunist, and is just saying what itching ears want to hear well, is what they do. It even applies to people that are kind of. I want to be clear: there are people that do exist as these deal makers. It's an old George Carlin joke about Bill Clinton. I think it applies to our current president, President Trump. Ah, that Bill Clinton is full of crap. Well, at least he's honest about it. Yeah, and there's a certain aspect of Trump. I think everybody would admit. A lot of people would vote for him that. Half the time, he's full of crap. Like, there are certain things that are just demonstrably, like, not true. He's like, this was the biggest inauguration ever. It's like, no, it wasn't, Donald. Go out there and tell him that, Sean. You tell him that. <laughs> like, like, there's sometimes where you know he's being hyperbolic and he's stretching the truth. But it's like, it's so... I saw one comedian put it this way. It's like somebody has, like, a bunch of chocolate on their face and a plate where it's like chocolate and cake crumbs on it. It's like, did you eat my chocolate cake? Oh, no. Oh, I didn't eat it. It's like that type of line. It's so blatant. It's like how a kid lies about crap. And maybe that's not the most redeeming quality to a president, but I think everybody finds it refreshing to a certain extent. I do. Because I don't, I've never held the presidency in like this these demigods that came from the masses and they rose above and now they're our champion and they represent the soul of the nation and the people. No, yeah. give me a break. No, they're ordinary men. Thus far, or just men. Might be a woman someday. But they're ordinary men. And so to see a guy who's kind of just a regular guy, yeah, has been really successful with money and in, you know working in business and real estate, yeah, like, I, I think it's refreshing to see a guy that demystifies the office. It's not some, you know, place that replaces religion. I think it's a bad thing when government starts to represent that body. But we got to hit a break here. I, I like just flowing. I feel better. I got to let all this out. But I also feel better because I've got a, got a guy in my back pocket. Not my literal back pocket. It's not like a tiny man I keep back there. But I got a guy, his number... And he's going to help me out. I'm being a first-time home buyer. I bet I know this guy's name. Why don't you take a guess? Rhymes. Well, I won't even try to make a rhyme. Eddie Bader. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I was talking earlier about staying in your groove. And just it's what you've always done. So why not just keep on doing it? And what I've always done for many years is rent. I'm thinking that's time to make a change. Yeah. Gonna make a change and give Eddie oh, Bader. In my life. <laughs> that's that's right, Southernwood. I'm gonna give Eddie Bader a call at three two two zero six six two because he is going to be my, but also 
wants to be your buyer's agent. So he's going to look out for you, the buyer's best interest. He's a lot of experience in the real estate market. He's helped out other folks. You can go to Zillow.com. That's like pillow, but with a Z. And just type in the River Region zip code and Eddie Bader's name. You can see all the homes he's helped purchase and close on in the last few months. But he's done this for himself. He's managed properties. He's been around the block a few times when it comes to residential real estate. So he can help you avoid any pitfalls that you might not know about being a first-time home buyer. He'll show you options out there. He's a great all-around guy. Down-to-earth guy. I'm happy to call him a friend and not just a sponsor of the show. So if you are looking to buy a home, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call. 322-0662. Again, that number. 322-0662. Man, there's only like 22 minutes left in the year. Well, at least for live local radio. We'll be right back, folks. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. Show is brought to you by Four Healthy Pets on the Atlanta Highway. Miss Teresa up there on top of the hill. Teresa is not only lovely and sweet and awesome, she has the biggest heart for pets, her own pets, of course, but also for you. Everybody, I mean, who doesn't have a pet around here? I mean, a lot of people have pets. People I never thought would get pets if they're getting cats and getting dogs. Eddie Bader just got a puppy. You better be going by four healthy pets. Eddie. And if you go by four healthy pets... Your pets' heads won't be falling off. <laughs> <laughs> no, your pets will feel happy because your pets will be healthy. Teresa takes the time to find responsible brands with all natural, responsibly sourced, and that's where the responsibility comes from, all natural ingredients that will make sure your pet isn't... Well, I have one person who adopted a cat later in life, and this cat has thyroid issues. And the reason is because this cat wasn't taken care of. Was fed a bunch of bottom-of-the-barrel crap. Yeah. It, and that's cruelty. I mean, you think yeah. about your children. Your children, when they're when they're young, they eat whatever you put in front of them to eat. For the and most you're part. in control of it. And an animal, if you have a, a house pet, they're not out catching wild game. And, and eating it, they are you are one hundred percent in control of their diet. Right. And it would be like you going home every night and feeding your children ice cream, right? And, and that's all just, you ever gave them, and not even high quality ice cream. Like no, the worst, the low worst end, stuff. low end stuff. Yeah, let it drop on the floor, pick it up, put it yeah. back in the bucket, and don't do that to your don't pets. Don't do that. And so everyday meals over at Four Healthy Pets, special treats and snacks, whatever the meowawana that always cracks me up. That's why I always mention it, to watch <laughs> cats play with a little, looks like a joint, but or doobie, but it's not. It's catnip, and they go nuts over it. Or the chicken crack, the chicken jerky and turkey jerky, other products for dogs. Or chew toys. If you've got a big dog that chews, or a little dog with needle teeth, and they chew through something real quick, Teresa has the high-quality toys that they're not going to get through. Like with Gimli, the red and fuzzy big booty Buddha. Get an ant, or not an ant, elk. <laughs> Excuse me. An elk antler? An elk or an antler. An ant elkler. Talk about being tongue-tied. <laughs> 
stop by four healthy pets. Tell Teresa Joey said hi. It's on Atlanta Highway at the Village East Shopping Center right next to Faulkner University. You will not be disappointed. Again, that's four healthy pets. Hmm. Now, I'm looking forward to this long weekend. I'm a little out of sorts because, you know, this is what? Three hours and 45 minutes into uh, hosting radio? Mm-hmm. I get a little tired. Yeah. Now, if I was not on FCC-regulated airwaves, I could probably keep going into five, six, seven hours, but the language would get a little saltier because when I get tired, more of my southern draw comes out. I extend my words a little more. The tongue gets a little looser. Exactly. And if I try to speak very quickly and precisely, I get tongue-tied. So I use substitute words. They might be dirty words. I might lengthen those dirty words out. It's just a placeholder holder. It's a bad habit, but it's also a lot of fun. I mean, who doesn't love the F word? I'm not going to say the word. Yeah, there's but, a great comedy bit about that. Yeah. It's an, an adjective, an well, adverb, a noun, that's a pronoun. Another, I love this theme of getting older, by the way, because I told you this quote off air, the young know everything, the middle-aged suspect everything, and the old believe everything. I'm feeling more middle-aged these days. Like, I suspect everything. Mm -hmm. But one great thing about getting older, and I do like this, is the prim and proper authorities of yesteryear, whether your grandparents or your aunts and uncles or old friends or maybe it's an old teacher you used to know, old authority figures... They stop to drop their guard a little bit. They're not looking at you as like, oh, this is a child and he's the future, so I better be on my best behavior. Yeah. They just start treating you like an everyday person, like an adult. And that means you get some of the dirty stories, stuff they wish they hadn't have done, but it's a good story, you know. And they yeah. stop, you know, being so reluctant to use colorful language. Yeah. Well, I, and I found that even with my own children, you 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 start becoming the same age, and I've never been yeah. I've never been that that parent that is friends with my children. I, I'm not to a certain, and it's not a you're friendly, but you're the dad yeah, at the end of the that's day. That's right. I mean, I'm the authority figure, and and I still am to some extent. Would take my oldest daughter, but she's 20 years old. I talk to Sid completely different. <laughs> than I do to Coleman. Sure. It peaks 12. It's amazing how much happens in 12 years. And it's, and, and even, you know, he at 12 and Savannah at 14, I treat them different. And Sarah's at 17. I treat her different. But they're, they're growing up, and the older they get, the more responsibility they can handle, the closer they're coming to my, you know, age in mature, mature years, like we was talking about earlier. Being mature and being old are two different things. But as they mature, you know, I can sit down and have a different conversation. If if Sid says a cuss word, I don't say, Sidney, right. don't say that word. <laughs> She's an adult. Right. She's like three months away from 21. Well, and you know when it's appropriate, too. Like, you're telling a story, even amongst mixed company and family, you got to feel it out. But if you're recounting the story, you might be able to drop a curse word. But I still... 
don't want to curse around my grandmother. Even if grandma drops from in that You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You still hold some people in high regard. You don't want to yes, say bad words around your uncle the priest. You know, it's, that's right. And also, you don't want to like disrespect well, people, make in, them feel uncomfortable. And that you just you just said what I was going to say. It's it's a respect. It's yeah. just like if you're standing inside the church building, you might be. It might be you and I standing in the church building. There's words that I would say to you in a private conversation. I'm not going to say in, there, in the church, if, right? Just out of general respect. Well, no, and I wouldn't say it like say in different situations. I mean, there's it's the respect for where you are, and and it's got a lot to do with it. Well, and it, well, where we are right now, it's not really because of the FCC is going to find us if somebody complains that I don't curse. It's really at the end of the day, I don't want to upset the person that's just you know clicking on the dial and. Yeah, they might have some young children well, in the well, car. Well, because or you do, you don't want to go so mainstream. You lose who you are, but you also want to be able to sell whatever it is you think is valuable, or whatever message you're putting out there, and make it digestible for most people. Now, there are some people that always have a bug up their ass. Nah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. It's the old fable. I mean, you can't. You end up toting the freaking mule and getting called an idiot by the end of it if you try to please everybody. Right. Exactly. So it's you're not gonna please everybody. No. But it's. I mean, and it's not that difficult to do. I mean, it's a lot of fun to actually give yourself limits and go, okay, this is the limit and the, the frame I'm working in, and then just go, like, create. It's like jazz. Like, here's the basic key changes we're going to do, but then just have fun on top of it. It's mm-hmm. how I've always thought about sort of tradition, and whether it's religion or politics or whatever, family traditions. It's like, you should keep some traditions, because if you lose those traditions completely, you're going to be lost. But you shouldn't be so rigid in the past, it's part of our earlier discussion, that you lose any chance to become yourself, to find yourself away from those who came before you. I feel like part of what I've been going through is is that finding myself part, where you, you create your own character, your own personality. You've been molded over the years by other people, those closest to you and other outsides and influences. But then you eventually come back into the fold. It's sort of the story of the the prodigal son. Now, I haven't had as much fun as, say, I think that guy did. But there's a reason you welcome somebody back home. And there's a reason you come back home. It shouldn't just be that you're down and out and you're desperate. You should realize that, oh, home is really where it starts and where it ends. Yeah. And if it isn't, you've got to make a choice, folks. There's a line from one of my favorite shows. You can't have the the dark, edgy lifestyle and the white picket fence. Mm-hmm. Because one day those two are going to clash. Yeah. So make a choice. They're, those are the things that really get at me. Because part of me likes... I love the bad boys in history. I love the iconoclasts and the radicals who speak up to a whole crowd of people. All the way back to, like, Socrates. You could even say Jesus was a radical for his time. Sure. He really spoke up to the authorities, and he paid the price for it. He didn't want to pay it initially, but he did. So I like those characters in history, but nobody likes a 50-year-old radical. You know what I mean? 
Like, at a certain point, people expect you to grow up a little bit. And I can already start to see that with my own family. They haven't vocalized it, but I can see a little bit of worry in their eyes. Like, so how much money are you making now? How's that radio thing going, Joey? Uh, you know, how how you doing with uh, the writing? How's that coming along? Are you, is it it working? And I know they're doing it out of love. They want to see me successful and happy. But you can hear him thinking, he is pissing his life away. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I laughed. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's that's what you get. Do you you know what you're doing? I got that when I left my job and started my own company. Anyway, they were like, (laughs) do you really know what you're doing? And some people flat out would at least honest enough to come ask me, like, do you realize what you're doing? But eventually you you find success or maybe you fail. But either way, you come back into the fold and people accept you. For the most part. I mean, there's always a little bit of like, man, if only he had done this thing and this yeah. path. Like, yeah, but chose these things. Though I had a realization last night. It's, it is a, re- a resolution for 2019. I was listening to uh, the album by Childish Gambino, Awaken My Love. It's the one with the song Redbone on it. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great Love song. song. And the whole album is fantastic. Don't you mean album? Yeah, Albert. If you wanted to buy a Sam Cooke album, where would you go? To the Salmon store? No, the Recasto. Recasto. That's a reference to Prince's Under the Cherry Moon movie for all you Prince nerds out there. I know there's a lot of you in Montgomery, Alabama. And they're all listening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But there was something about the... It wasn't Redbone. It was the the song called... It's an instrumental, The Night Me and Your Mama Met. Mm -hmm. And it's this sort of almost dramatic music. It's beautiful. It's almost like a ukulele and electric guitar, and there's a guitar solo on top and backing vocals that are almost angelic and celestial. And it hit me. There's this one hit, a very simple chord hit of the guitar with all this reverb on it. And it triggered a memory. Me sitting over, was it like Capitol Music Store? I don't think they're open anymore. They used to be right off Perry Hill and Harrison. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I remember the first time my dad took me and I picked up an electric guitar and I'd been working on an acoustic for a while. And I picked up that electric guitar and we plugged it into a nice big new PV tube amp with natural reverb. And the first time I hit one of those chords, that song reminded me last night of that feeling of the magic of being able to create music. And for some reason I can't quite put my finger on. Mm -hmm. I haven't picked up my guitar in months. It's a second thought. Occasionally I'll pick up and noodle a little bit, but it's not the same magic that I thought before. And part of me thinks that's not because, oh, the magic's gone forever. It's just I haven't taken the time to cherish it. I sort of take, oh, you can play for granted. And it's something I want to recapture and get back into. I Somebody asked me, what are the best moments in your life? Like, what's Joey's greatest hits? And I have to be honest, that question stumped me. Yeah. I was like, well, damn. Quote Jack Campbell. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are certain moments where I remember being incredibly happy, like that euphoric over the top. Other moments where, you know, you're content, even in your misery. You're like, well, it is what it is. You accept your fate. But if I had to say my like greatest accomplishments, and like, uh, I don't know. I'm really, I like there are great shows that I've done where you get off the radio and you feel high, even like it just oh, it was such a good show, such a good conversation, such a good moment. There's a moment like in high school where I 
put on a rock concert with music and was playing lead guitar and singing badly. And but it was still like this huge rush off of it. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't consider those like major accomplishments. And, it, and it's something I need to think about. It's like, what have you actually accomplished and what do you hope to? It's just so easy, like I said, to get into the groove, to get into the 9 to 5, or in my case, 10 till 7, <laughs> 10 till 8, and forget those things that bring the magic back in life. That's what I was touching on last night at the end of the show, was uh, those things that are in the back of your head that you're like, I should have done it, should have done it. It's what my Uncle Bill said at my mom's funeral. He said, do it now. You know, for being a priest, as intelligent as he is, he didn't get into all these highfalutin theology, theological concepts. He uh, he just kept it simple. Do it now. Yeah. You don't I think know what that's brings. great advice. I, I know just in in my lifetime, that's probably... I see what you're saying. It is kind of stumping what it what is, you know, your greatest accomplishment or your greatest moment or, you know, the best day of your life or moment of your life. It's hard to, to, to do that, but it's a lot easier to remember what is it that you wish you would have done that you didn't do. Right. And, I mean, I can, those come straight to mind. I wish I would have done this. Mm. You know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have Regrets, done. yeah. Yeah, the, the regrets stay with you. The old, the old race car driver, everybody considered the greatest NASCAR driver in history, Dale Earnhardt. They asked him about... Uh, his winning in, in, in this and that. And he was like, no, he says, or asked what his greatest memory of racing was. Yeah. And he, he said, in, you know, 19, you know, 78, I lost the Daytona 500 in the last lap. I run into the wall. And he just went into all these races that he lost. And they were like, no, what's the <laughs> biggest one you ever won? He goes, well, I don't really remember the ones I won. He says, I remember the ones I lost. and remember what I did wrong. Every single one of them. I let up going in uh, just a little bit earlier or stayed in a little longer. Yeah. And he could remember all of his, his failures Right off the, the Isn't top that of the life, head. it really is life. I think that's what makes people great is when you remember your failures mm-hmm. and and you can't be focused on them. It's like you know your rearview mirror is there for a reason. You've got to look in the past, but if you stare at your rearview mirror when you're driving, you're going to wreck the future. Yep. You know. So, uh, well, on a very serious note, we've been kind of having fun tonight, but pretty introspective i would say show Mm -hmm. uh thank you for helping me this week a great deal my pleasure man love you brother glad it worked out and i love you too brother brother yeah it's been fun Uh, it'll be nice to have greg back though um it's a long day doing these four hours it'll be nice to have him back back in the swing of things in 2019 we should have a lot of fun and here's what i mean by music these songs i played tonight are ones i made they're not lighting the world on fire but i can remember uh, enjoying the satisfaction of having accomplished it. And now you can let them take you back in time a little bit. And recapture that. It's not that I want to be a big rock star. I mean, who doesn't? It's more like, just recapture that thing that made you happy. It'll probably keep you happy. Thank you for listening, folks. Be back Wednesday. Joey Clark.